the answer is that fear not. They that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened his eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. And when they had come down to him, Elisha prayed unto the Lord and said, smite the people. I pray thee with blindness. And he smote them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. And Elisha said unto them, this is not the way, neither is this the city. Follow me and I'll bring you to the man whom you seek. But he led them to Samaria. And it came to pass that when they were come to Samaria, that Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of the men that they may see. And the Lord opened their eyes. And they saw, and behold, they were in the midst of Samaria. May God bless the reading of his word this morning. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. So a little backdrop here and a little catch up. Uh, the, the, Israel, the, the people of Israel here during this time, they were facing many attacks from Samaria. They were coming in on every angle. They were coming in and attacking uh, the people of Israel. Uh, and every time that the, the king planned an attack, the Lord gave Elisha some insight on the attack that was coming. How cool is that? Right? So every time this, the king of Syria was, was coming in and was wanting to come against the people of Israel, God was speaking to Elisha and telling them the plans. Saying, hey, this is about to happen. Hey, this is about, this is about to take place. Hey, just want to give you a head up and, and download into your spirit. The enemy's coming in. You might want to be letting, uh, letting Israel know so they can be prepared. Right? So every time he gave insight to their plan and he was able to warn Israel. Knowing someone that was sharing with the enemy. What, where does your mind go when something like that begins to happen? If you were a leader... If you are a leader of a country, if you are a leader of a people, if you are a leader of a business or a company and, and you start hearing things that, that you know you planned and you start hearing people talk about it and it foils said plan, where does your mind go? Your mind goes that I've got somebody that's leaking information, right? Your mind goes to treason, possible treason. Somebody's, there's a, there's a secret agent somewhere that's listening to what I'm planning and it's, they're taking it to the enemy. Right? But once the kings, the, the servants, they all got together and they got with the king and said, look, no one here is, is giving out any information. We're not giving any information to anyone else. There's no one here that, that is uh, giving out what your plans are, king. But Elisha the prophet, he's warning Israel. Elisha's telling them what's going on. Right? So the king, then what happens? The king becomes furious. He's irate. Because now he's coming against this, this man who's giving out all of his plans to go in as he's trying to get into Israel. And he said, I want you to take some troops. I want you to take your troops and I want you to go and find this man. I want you to find where he's at and I want you to bring him back to him. Bring him back to Syria. Right? And it was reported that Elisha, according to the word of God, Elisha was down in Dothan. Right? And the king sent a brigade of troops. There was a host of troops and chariots and horses down to get this one man for questioning. This one man. But here Elisha was honoring God and he was faithful to the Lord. Elisha stood on the word of God. And he knew that, that there were many more with him than the king of Syria could ever bring against him or his servant. 
right? Now his servant here, and his servant goes to Elisha and says, oh my word, what in the world are we about to do? I don't know if you've got up yet, and I don't know if you've, we, that you've had your coffee yet, Elisha, but if you'll look out the window, we are surrounded on every angle. Somebody is surrounding us, and the enemy has surrounded us, and now there seems to be no escape. There's no way we're going to get out of this situation. And I love Elisha's response. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall as he responded, because he was like, hey, don't worry about it. What are, you, what are you even worried about? There are many more that are with us than ever can be with them. Many more. See, God had other plans for the servant. God had other plans for Elisha. And I'd be willing to say that there were many here in this congregation, none of which are secret agents or secret spies for the government, right? Um, which at least I think. Right? There are some people that I question that I do know um, that I'm, I kind of wonder um, but anyway, uh, I'd be willing to say that most of us are not, you know, we're not in military missions. We're not in secret missions for the, for the government. Right. And submariners like we do that every trip. Um, right. But we still find ourselves. We still find ourselves in the same place that Elisha and his servant found every day. We find ourselves in these same or similar instances but we have to remember that it's our faithfulness to God that's putting us here. Elisha was doing nothing wrong. The man of God was doing nothing wrong. His servant was doing nothing wrong. But God placed him into that situation so that his glory could be shown. That all of the people around in Syria and all the people of Israel would know that there is a one true God. And he's going to take care of those who love him and who follow him. Right? It was because of the faithfulness. Most of the time, our, our attacks in life, I'll be willing to say that most of the times when we get attacked in life, we have no idea it's coming. Most of the time, it, it, we get blindsided, and it feels like a truck just hit us. And in life, that's how it, that's how it is. How many times do we feel like, we're just like right where Elisha is now, how many times do we feel that? To where we wake up and we're surrounded and outnumbered and, need, uh, and in need of somebody to help us to get out of this. To get out of the place that we are in life. And I want to remind you today, even though you cannot see with your physical eyes. Even though you cannot see with your physical eyes, the Lord gives you more assistance than what you think. He's with you. He's with you. We are never alone in our journey of faith. There's not a day that passes that I ever walk this, this thing called life all by myself. Not a single day. God promises that he would be with me. Jesus, as he was about to ascend to the Father, that was his final words, right? And lo, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. Even to the end of the age, I'll be right there with you. As we look at this this morning, I want to remind you, we're never alone in our journey and we're never alone. Uh, we're never forced to face the enemy all by ourselves. Never faced. We are never called to, on to face the enemy in our own power. Right. We do it through the strength of the Lord. So now let's take a look at Second Kings chapter six. As we go forward in our study, mastering mountains. Right. And if you're taking note, this, notes this morning, that's our series title, mastering mountains. But this morning, I want to go over unveiling the unseen. And that's what I want, and that's what I pray for you guys this morning, that God would unveil the unseen to you this morning. 
And whatever you're facing in life and wherever you're at in life, I want him to open up your eyes to see what's going on in life and why it's happening and to God be the glory. Amen. So as we look at this, look at the concern that Elisha's servant had. This is in verse 15. It says, and when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, an host compassed the city, both with horses and with chariots, right? They were in Doth, and, then, and I don't believe that they were fully aware of the situation that they had found themselves in. That I don't think that they had understood it just yet, but I don't think that the servant here understood that the presence of the Lord was with them either. See, and here, that was the discovery that we find here. Getting up early in the morning, he was probably getting ready for the day. He was probably, everything was status quo. He was getting up, getting dressed, wiping the sleep out of his eyes, ready to go serve the Lord and see what the servant of God, Elisha, was wanting for that day. And he happens to look out the window and he sees something going on and he sees that they're surrounded by the enemy, right? We're not talking about a few Syrians here. I'm not talking about just a, a couple of soldiers that was sent out on a reconnaissance. I'm talking they were surrounded by the enemy, right? And, and it doesn't specifically mention brigade, but in my mind goes to like a brigade of people, which is some, what, three to 6,000 people, right? Thousands of people that are surrounding this one man and his servant. And he calls out, he's, he's looking now out of the window and he sees that, that he's surrounded and he's in fear, not fully understanding the hostility that, that they have towards Elisha. And he's caught in the crossfire being the servant of Elisha. And they've come against him. Is that not how trouble and hardships hit us in life? Just like I said a moment ago, sometimes we get blindsided in life. Sometimes that, that things we seem like uh, life is going just like it needs to be going. And we're moving forward. We're doing things for God. And we're being a light. And then all of a sudden we get hit from the side. No advance warning. There are times that we do get advance warnings, but many times it comes unexpectedly, right? And I know that I'm preaching to the choir. This is the Sunday morning people, right? You know that you have problems. You know you have trials. You know you have tribulations, and you know the enemy comes in. But I want to remind you that even though we deal with those inconveniences at the time, right, you have to remember the God that you serve. You have to remember that he's going to deliver you no matter what comes against you. I love it when scripture says that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. There is nothing that the enemy can do to us. There's nothing the enemy can do to us that will outpower the God that we serve. If you have a, a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, his son, you are a child of the king. I say it all the time. Make sure you stand upright and straighten your crown. Remember who you are and whose you are, right? Sometimes we forget that, and when, when, we're, uh, when we're met by the enemy, we, we forget that, and then we start to deal with these things in life, and it brings disappointments. That's the second thing that I want to look at in, in the latter half of verse 15, is the dis disappointment that the servant had. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? What are we going to do in this situation? He got disappointed because he sees that he's surrounded and now he's not sure how he's going to get out of the situation that he's found themselves. They found themselves in right And after the discovery of it here. Elisha, uh, his servant was in complete panic. And Elisha comes in and he calmly speaks. He was filled. Elisha's servant was filled with uncertainties. I can only imagine the thoughts that was going through his head. 
I can only imagine the, the things as he looked out and saw with his eyes and the thoughts then that were starting to flow through his mind. How are we going to get out of this? There's no way we're going to make it out alive. There's no way we're going to get out of this. As far as I know, according to the word of God, there was no one else in the house. It was, the, the, it was Elisha, the man of God, and it was the servant of God. Uh, there's no other mention of, of any Israeli troops that were on the scene. There was no mention of any other soldiers that were on the scene. It was just them. And through the, the servant's eyes, there were no possible w way to escape this. And then what happened? Fear and anxiety gripped him. We've talked about this, and we've talked about it, and we've talked about it in the past. Fear and anxiety is the first thing that's going to come set in on you. Fear and anxiety is going to grab a hold of you to where you paralyze. It paralyzes you and, you, and you just stop. You freeze. He panicked. He went into a panic, right? I know that each and every person here, if you've been alive for any amount of time, you've experienced something similar to this, right? You've walked right here. You've experienced the same emotions at some time or another. We've went into a situation where we've, 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 we're in desperation that something happened, that something changes, and we have no idea what to do, where to go, or who to, who to turn to. The situations in life that require much more than we possess. Has anyone ever been there? Much more than what you hold on to. God, I don't have enough, I don't possess enough to make it through this trial. I don't possess enough to make it over this mountain. I don't possess enough to make it through this valley. God, I don't have enough within me. Does anyone know about those trials? Right? The ones where we lack resources and wisdom and the strength to come up with a suitable solution to the problem. To where you're so paralyzed that you can't even think straight and you're, you're paralyzed in the situation and you can't even come up with a resolution to the problem. No one's been there. Right? See, but that's when we have to remember that we have confidence in Christ. That's when we remember that, that, we have, uh, th that we have the Lord and the host of the Lord behind us. That's when we remember, just like I preached as, uh, as Joshua was there and he was looking over the city and he was about to besiege the city. And the angel of the Lord showed up. And he went to draw a sword and says, are you for me or against me? Neither. I'm neither for you or against you. I'm here to take over. Right? That's who we have behind us. The captain of the Lord's host that says, I'm not for or against anyone. I'm here to take over. I'm the one that's going to be in charge and I'm going to get you through this battle. Right? I'm going to get you through it. The battle belongs to the Lord. That was the confidence that Elisha had in verses 16 and 17. We see in 16 and 17 that as Elisha now, we know that his servant had concerns. And we know how he responded, but the man of God responded in a way that was completely different. See, Elisha came in and, and he responded in a way that the servant probably had no idea that that's how he was about to respond. I imagine he probably was thinking that Elisha was going to go into panic mode as well. We're surrounded by the enemy. I, I need to go in. What am I going to do? I need to get us both out of here and I need to make sure that we get out of here safely. But he didn't respond that way. He responded with an unshakable confidence in God. In the God that he served, and that was the reassurance that we have in verse 16. The Bible says in verse 16, and he answered, fear not. I love that. All throughout scripture, whenever, usually, typically, whenever uh, someone is met by the angel of the Lord, or an angel comes to someone in a dream or a vision, what is the first thing they usually say? 
fear not. Why? Because they're dispelling that fear and anxiety. You can, you can kick, kick sand. Pack sand. I don't have time for you fear. I don't have time for you anxiety. And that's what Elisha was telling his servant here. Fear not. Don't worry about it. Those that are with us are more than they that be with them. I'm sure he probably thought you're losing your mind. <laughs> right? Because when I went to the window and I looked out, all I saw was soldiers, horses, and chariots. I didn't see anyone from Israel. <laughs> and last time I checked, it's just me and you here. No one else is here, Elisha. So say, say what? Who's with us? And how are there more with us than there are with them? I can't get a, a sense of the, the emotion that Elisha had, but I know he revealed with that attitude of, of probably lack of concern. Don't worry about it. I know who my God is, and I'm going to be strong, and I'm going to take action, right? And Elisha knew there was more than, of, of uh, those that God had provided than those that were with the enemy. And I can only imagine the, the feeling of the servant in that moment. I can only imagine the servant uh, of Elisha and saying more with us have you looked outside you know what's going on did you did you look at your surroundings did you do an assessment of everything that's going on see but the two of them were looking through two completely different sets of eyes they were looking through two different complete sets of eyes see the servant was looking through the eyes of the flesh all he saw was the enemy that was coming to the front of him. All he saw was the battle that was coming to the front of him. All he saw was he was surrounded, whereas Elisha had the eyes of faith. See, Elisha was seeing the impossible. He laughed at the things that were impossible. He was looking, saying, I know my God, and I know he's going to deliver me from this storm. I know he's going to deliver me from the hands of the enemy. See, that's something to be remembered. We're in the storms of life and, and we're looking in the wind and the waves. The wind are, is blowing on us and the waves are, are just coming up all around us. And they, they seem to be filling our boats with water. And we're taking on more water than we can put out. Has anyone been there or is it just me? Right? You're, you're bailing out as much as you can out of that boat. And then you remember out of your desperation, what am I doing? It reminds me of the disciples when they were in the boat and, and Jesus was in the hinder part of the ship. <laughs> he wasn't back there trying to steer. He wasn't back there trying to, to bail out water with the disciples. Christ was in the back of the boat and he was passed out. It says he was asleep in the hinder part of the ship. Why was Christ asleep in that time? Why did he go to sleep? Because he had already made a determination. Let's go to the other side. We're, we're going to the other side. See, but the disciples lost thought. They lost track of that. When Christ said, let's go to the other side, Christ was confident in what he said. And I'm going to go to sleep because I know we're going to the other side. Where the disciples got into a panic and they're bailing out as much as they possibly could. But Christ has already overcome whatever the enemy can throw at us. So it doesn't matter because he has conquered it. And through him conquering death, hell, and the grave, through him conquering all of that, Christ has made me and you more than conquerors through him, which loves us, right? We're more than conquerors. Romans 8.31 says, if God be for us, who can be against us? Romans 8.37, that we're more than conquerors through Jesus Christ our Lord. 
in 1 John 4, 4. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. So it doesn't matter what comes against us. Knowing this, this should give us the courage to move forward in life. This should give us the courage to continue to move forward, knowing God called us to do something, and we keep moving. Always forward. Write that down. Always forward. And no, no place in Scripture, and I want to encourage you and remind you and love on you for a minute, no place in Scripture did God ever say, sit down. No place in Scripture did God say, take a knee. No place in, in Scripture did God say, turn your back for a minute and retreat just a little bit so you can regather uh, yourself. Always forward. Always forward. And when you can't, when you cannot move and you cannot take another step, the Apostle Paul encouraged the believers at the church of Ephesus. He said, when having done all else, stand. Just stand. You don't have to retreat. You don't have to take a knee and drink water. You don't have to do any of that. Just stand. Stand knowing that God's going to take care of you. Stand knowing that God's going to take care of your battles. Stand knowing he's going to take care of the enemy that comes, to, comes before you. Because, because if God is for us, there's no one on this earth that can be against us. And Elisha knew that. And he was standing on that. He was standing on the promises of God. And then Elisha makes a request in verse 17. The Bible says in verse 17a, And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. God, open his eyes so he can see what I can see. I want my servant to be able to see that we are way outnumbered by those that are for us than anyone that can come against us. God, open his eyes. What happened here? The servants were looking through his eyes of the flesh and Elisha was saying, God, I want you to open up his eyes so he can have the eyes of faith. And then, and then when the man turned and he looked out again, he saw something that was different. Then he didn't see all of the enemy that was surrounding him. Then he didn't see the, the chariots and the, the soldiers that was surrounding them to come get he and Elisha. Then he saw a host of heavenly angels. Chariots of fire and horses of fire that was surrounding them in much more number than anyone that could ever come against them from Syria. God opened up his eyes. See, he only saw the enemy and he was obviously hopeless in their situation. But his eyes were opened. It's so easy and, and, and it's easy preaching. Super easy to preach. But sometimes in life we get so focused on our situations. So many times it's so easy to get focused on the, the situations and the hardships that we face in life. And we start focusing in on said hardship. It's easy to do. It's very easy to do. So many times we focus more on the storm that we find ourselves in than focusing on the one that uses the storm to walk to us. Because we serve a, a God that's far above circumstances. We serve a God that's outside of time, space, and matter. We serve the king and creator of the universe. And so many times we get focused on the storm instead of focusing on the one who comes walking on the waters. We're called to trust God even when we don't understand what's going on around us. I want to remind you, trust God. Just trust God. I promise you, if the king and creator of this universe brought you to it, he'll lead you through it. 
promise you. I promise you. Look at the responsiveness in verse 17b. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. See, the servant was unaware of the unseen. Elisha already knew that they were surrounded. (laughs) He already knew who his God was. He already had a relationship and he had seen God deliver him from things in the past. He knew that they were surrounded by the armies of heaven, which is far greater and far stronger than any one fleshly could ever come against us, right? Now the Lord unveiled the unseen to the servant. He was able to see exactly what Elisha saw. His eyes were open. He now was now seeing the eye, through the eyes of faith. Now it kicked from his eyes of flesh, and he completely changed, and he began to focus through his eyes of faith. See, I wish there was a record of of the servant's response when he saw this. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall when he looked out, saw the enemy, told Elisha what was going on, and Elisha just responded and said, hey, God, open his eyes so he can see what's going on. And then he turns back around, and and I can only imagine the, whoa. (laughs) You look out expecting to see one thing, and you're completely surrounded by those that are for you. Those that are there to, to stop the enemy, uh, the enemies coming against you. Those that are f- there to foil the plans of the enemy. But I imagine it brought excitement. And can you imagine the peace that it brought to Elisha's servant at that point? Can you imagine that the overwhelming peace uh, that passes all understanding? Have you ever been there? I've experienced it. I've walked through it in life to where I've been in a situation and I just took a deep breath remembering who my God was and then the presence of God showed up and it was like, I remember who's with me. God, this isn't my battle to fight. God, you deal with them as you see fit. Deal with them as you see fit. And that's exactly what Elisha did here, right? We're attacked by the enemy so often we begin to, to when we're attacked, we, we too many times begin to, to believe what the enemy is throwing at us. And so many times we begin to believe the nonsense that he starts speaking into our life. Now I want to remind you something. Scripture says that he's a liar and he's the father of it. Satan cannot come to you and start mentioning things to you or start talking to you and give you any truth none whatsoever the bad thing is though he couldn't walk in and say he could he could not walk into this church and tell us that these walls are light blue but the bad thing is so many times in our lives he would have us believing they were green because he's slick he's cunning slip in and start changing things around Did God really say that you're going to have this battle taken care of? Is God really for you? Is God really going to walk through life with you? Has God really said? And then in those moments, we start to believe the nonsense that's coming out of the enemy's mouth. We may not always be aware of it, but guys, I want to remind you, the Lord is always near to those that love him and serve him. The psalmist said in Psalm 34, 7, the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him. Listen to that. He encampeth himself. That means he's not going anywhere. 
encampeth round about them that fear him. And then it continues, and the psalmist says, and delivers them. He delivers them from whatever they're coming at. Whatever the enemy's coming against them, he's delivering them from that. So you may have, if you've been here for any amount of time and you've been here at uh, River of Life, you've probably heard me tell this story, but I love this account of this missionary. There was a missionary, and his name was John Patton. He was a, a trailblazing missionary uh, in the Southern Pacific. And, and one night, natives began to surround this mission house. They were trying to surround the mission house with John and his, uh, his family, and they came with one thing in mind. They came with one intent. They were burning down the mission, and they were killing the missionaries that were inside. They had one intent. John and his wife did what? Looked out in panic? Mm -mm. John and his wife fervently began to pray. God be with us. Lord, watch over us. Protect us from harm. They woke up the next morning, and when daylight came, they were shocked to see that none of their attackers were there. They were all gone. Later, it was a year later, it says that as the story goes on, that the chief of the tribe came. The chief of the tribe came, and he was converted uh, to Christ, and he came to the Lord Jesus Christ uh, and had a relationship with him. And looking back on that night, John was curious, and he asked the chief a question, and he said, hey, you and some guys came and you were going to burn down the mission station. And you were going to kill my wife and I. I've changed your mind. Why did you guys leave? He says that of all those present, it was just John and his wife. And the chief replied with this. He said, who were all those men that were there with you? And John knew that it was just him and his wife. And the chief saw something different. It says, who were all those men there with you? I was afraid to attack because I saw hundreds of big men in shining garments with their swords drawn and they were circling the mission statement. We weren't going to attack anything that night. See, faith is never imagining unreal things. Nowhere in Scripture Am I ever going to show you that we imagine things that don't exist? <laughs> Faith is not imagining those things that are unreal. It's gripping real things that can't be demonstrated in the flesh. It's gripping a hold of those things that we know exist in our life. See, that was a, a year later, God unveiling the unseen to John. That was one year later, God saying, I loved you that night. I watched over you. And I encamped around about you. That's what God can do with us. God didn't sign, as we go into the next point in verses 18 through 20, God didn't send Elisha down to Dothan so he could die. God didn't send Elisha and his servant down to Dothan so he could be overtaken by the enemy. God sent him down to Dothan for a reason and a mission, and he was going to tell the people of Israel, you have a victory to be had. I want to remind you this morning, you have a victory to be had. It may not seem like it. It may not seem like whatever's going on in your life, you're like, no way, pastor, there's no way that I'm coming out of this. There's no way that I'm, I'm going to have a victory out of what, what I'm going through. You don't even know. I don't need to know. 
because I can see what's around about, around about you. See, I can see the unseen things that are around about those that love him, right? And all things will work together for the good of him. And all things that, that, that will work together, as Romans 8, 28 says, all things will work together for good to them that love God and to them that are called according to his purpose. Will everything be good in life? No, hands down not. You're going to have troubles, trials, and tribulations, but be of good cheer. Christ overcame the world. Look at Elisha's supplication here in verse 18. And I, I've done something similar to this uh, that, uh, in what Elijah has done. Um, I didn't pray for anyone to get blind, so don't be like, whoa, Pastor Don's over there praying people to get blind. But I've done something similar. In, in verse 18, the Bible says, and they went down, and to, they went down to him. The, the enemy came down to Elisha. And Elisha prayed unto the Lord and said, smite this people, I pray thee with blindness. Wasn't this big theological prayer? Wasn't this big jump down on your knees and dear God in heaven, I'm beseeching thee? None of that. Elisha just said, God smite them with blindness. And then what happens? And he smote them with blindness according to the words of Elisha. None of them can see. They've got horses and men and chariots and ne'er one of them can see anything now because God smote them with blindness. Right? I know this looks to be a bold prayer. <laughs> and I'm not saying go around and start praying that the people that, you know, come against us in life, like, God smote them with blindness. Um, right? This is a, a bold prayer to, to pray. But Elisha knew that God was already winning his battles. He already knew that, that God was with him. Right? And he was already knowing that, that the angels of the Lord were surrounding them. He knew that if God could dispatch those heavenly angels that he was going to protect them from the hands of the, the Syrians that come in. He was going to protect them from the hands of the enemy. In life, we talk about faith and we talk about confidence all the time, don't we? We talk about it in church all the time. Just have faith in God, man. Yeah, I've got faith in God. I love God. I love, I love the Lord. I love serving God. And, and, and we talk about the faith and confidence in God. And we talk about him when, when we're up on the mountain. But then it's down in the valley that we have to remember to have that faith and trust in God. Right, to exercise that faith and actually pray. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 3. And I want to encourage you, if you want to learn something about faith, go through and read Hebrews 11. You want to see some men and women of the Bible, of, of the, the hall of faith? Go through and read Hebrews 11. By faith they saw, and by faith they saw, and by faith they continued with this faith thing. And look at verses 1 through 3 in Hebrews 11. Right Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the very evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders did what? They obtained a good report. And listen to this. Through faith we understand that the worlds were formed by what? The word of God. Formed by and framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. The God that I serve reached out into nothing. Grabbed a hold of something. And made everything. That's the God that we serve. That's the God that we serve. There's so many people now that are saying, well, you know, scientists are doing this and they're doing that and they're cloning this and they're making that. That's phenomenal. But they needed something to start with. The God I serve didn't have a thing to start with. He reached out into nothing. He stood in nothing and said, let there be light. So if we can trust that God formed and framed the world, according to the word of God, is he not a God that can deliver us from our enemies? 
right? The enemy would have us believing our situation is hopeless, though. God doesn't care what the, enemy, what the, what the situation looks like. He's going to deliver you from it, right? And here, Elisha prayed, Father, deal with them as you see fit. That's the point I want to get across to you. I'm not saying that, uh, that you pray that God smote people with blindness, right? But I can't tell you how many times in life when I've been come against and I start to get fear and anxiety and doubt and all of these things start flooding my mind and I get overwhelmed, not knowing a direction to turn, not knowing who I can turn to, and then God reminds me, just in a moment, that still small voice, and God reminds me, I'm with you. And if I'm with you, it doesn't matter who's coming against you. And then I say, God, forgive me. And the next thing's out of my mouth is you deal with that person as you see fit. My hands are now clean of it. But I'm also cautious in that. Because sometimes when God deals with somebody as he sees fit, it can, he can do something to get your attention. And sometimes on my pastor humanity side of things, that's a very hard thing to pray. Because on the flesh side of me is, God, please don't harm them. But God, you deal with them as you see fit. Because when somebody's coming against a man or woman of God, there's a lot to be reckoned with. Because God don't like people messing with his children. I've watched it firsthand. I've watched it with my, my father in his life. I've watched it with my father-in-law in his life. And I've made mention of it. People coming against pastors uh, at, at my church I grew up in. God struck a tree with lightning and exploded it. They were not wanting to build a church building because there was an old oak tree there. And deacons were all like, nope, we're not putting it there. Not happening. We're not cutting that tree down. God struck it with lightning and the tree exploded. I remember it. I grew up there. I got to the church one night, and that tree, there was tree shards everywhere. And the pastor was like, you want to build the church there? Can you hear him now? Yes, sir. I think we should put it right there. Sounds like a good place for me. Right? Don't come against the man of God or the woman of God, because there's a lot to be reckoned with. Right? Father knows every sparrow that falls. And if he knows every sparrow that falls in Matthew chapter 10, verses 29 through 31, if he, and sparrows are pennies. They're, they're worthless birds. There's so many sparrows, right? Scripture says that basically they're just worth pennies and they're, they're, they're not worth much. And if he knows every sparrow that falls, does he not know you and care for you much more? Does he not love you and is going to take care of you, Right? If we trust God with our eternal destiny, if you, are, if you have a relationship with God through Christ and you trust him with your eternal destiny, can you not trust him with the problem that you've got going on? Right. Let's look at the enemy's confusion, verse 19. And Elisha said unto them, this is not the way. So now they're all smote with blindness, mind you, right? And so now Elisha's flipping the script on them, right? He says, wait a second. This is not the way, neither is this the city. Follow me. And I'll bring you to the man you're looking for. I'll take you to him. I know exactly who you're looking for, and I'll take you to him. Right? But he led them to Samaria. God was faithful to answer Elisha in, in his prayer. Right? God smote them with blindness. And then Elisha now is striking them with, with confusion in their camp. And he's saying, look, I know the guy that you're looking for. I'll take you straight to him. Right? And he took them back to Samaria. 
Now, I want to remind you, Satan has power, but he's not all-powerful. Thank you for the one that agreed. Satan has power, but he's not all-powerful, right? So when, he was, when the enemy was smote with blindness, the enemy was trying to come in and bring destruction to Elisha and his servant. God completely changed it around. And now Elisha is leading them out from where they're at and taking them outside back to where they came from. Taking them to the very place that they started. God has a plan for our life. And there isn't anything that Satan can do to, to trump that plan. Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah says, I know the plans that I have for you. I know the plans that I've got for you. And they're good plans. They're plans to prosper you. Plans to help you. They're plans of a great future. They're plans of hope. Trust in the plans. Trust in the plans of the Almighty. There's nothing that he can do to come against and take those plans from God. Look at the Lord's provision in verse 20, and we'll close with this one. And it came to pass when they were coming to Samaria that Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men that they may see. And the Lord opened their eyes, and he saw. And behold, they were where? In the midst of Samaria. Right back where they started. So the journey that Elisha led them on was about 11 miles from where they were at. So they were all blind, and he said, hey, follow me. I'm taking you back. They go 11 miles, and he was leading them into Samaria. Elisha then he turns and says, now, God, I want you to open their eyes. God, I pray that you open their eyes back up so they can actually see. And he wanted them to see where they were, right? What looked like a pretty good plan on the king's side. It looked like a phenomenal plan. The king sent in a, a brigade. He sent in so many people to come get one dude and his servant. And all of it was foiled. All of it was changed. Why? Because he didn't take into account the God that Elisha served. He didn't take into account the Almighty that was with Elisha. He had a great strategy, but he didn't consider everything. You may think right now in your life that everything's hopeless. You may feel, and I've been there, you may feel like you're not going to survive it. You're not going to be able to push through it. You're not going to be able to come out on the other side. But I want to remind you, if you were completely alone, that assumption would be 100% accurate. You're not going to make it. But I want to remind you, you're not alone. You're not alone. You have God walking through life with you. You have Christ coming to get you from the hand of the fowler. You may have even veered off like this sheep. You may have veered off. And he left 99 because of you. You and me. That's how important that we are to him. In Christ, we're never alone. He's always there to guard you, to guide you, and to lead you in whatever you're facing today. Whatever you need, trust in him today.